And welcome on in, everybody, to the Check Your Brain podcast, where you can hear this if you're listening for free, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazer, just $5 a month for this fine, fine podcast. And speaking of podcasts and somebody who is a comedian, he also has a show of his own. It's a New York City Crime Report. It can be seen and heard on censored.tv. So download the app and or wherever you are listening and watching that. I'm a avid censored. In fact, I actually signed up for censored and used the promo code Pat in order for me to. Uh, so I wanted to help you out a little bit. That, Pat that. is Pat Dixon here thanks. on the show. Pat, thanks for thanks for doing this. My pleasure, man. Yeah. And you get your 10 percent off when you use that promo code, too. So that's uh, gosh, why not save some money when you sign up for censored, which is a great network with tons of programming. And uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Atheism is unstoppable is a good show. But, uh, you know, I've I've been watching New York City Crime Report uh, for the past few years and uh, got a chance to meet you last uh, last year when you came to the funny stop for the uh, for the previous network you worked for and doing the comedy show. And uh, the takeaway was everybody and everybody I knew was like, Pat was great. And you did five separate sets in a night like each night because you see you you have comedy fans who stay and see every show you're bound to hear some the, the same material you never repeated a joke oh, well thanks for noticing you know yeah i figured if people are coming back make sure they get something new and plus it keeps it fresh for me you know and you know even if you're making it up on the way to the stage <laughs> which, <laughs> exactly. you know well, that, i like to I create the, that way i think the last show you pulled out the keyboard you no kidding uh, oh yeah okay this is way back in yeah in ohio i did i played a couple of tunes uh <laughs> i figured what the hell uh you know give the people something special so you know the brought that that abundant musical talent that i have <laughs> it was it was great uh i i want to ask more about like personal stuff just because in a little bit because i wanted to talk about like I, i've never seen anybody drink as much red bull as you uh, all right, we can now we can talk about that in due time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of Red Bull. But I understand that, uh, you know, you you were previously you haven't drank since what? Ninety nine, I believe. Right. Uh, yeah. Ninety nine. I think it was ninety nine. Yep. So you haven't you haven't drank in this millennium, in this century. So <laughs> wonder what it's like. <laughs> I wonder if it's changed. Yeah, well, I know the weed has changed over time, too, where it's basically LSD. But uh, and speaking of weed, great segue here to talking about I had all these notes we were going to I was going to show you we we're going to go over talking about some of the crime stuff and the insanity of what's happening in our society. And just so happened today, we're recording this on uh, December 8th. Uh, a huge day in history. John Lennon, Dimebag Daryl all died in this day, but also somebody lived. Somebody has their have have has their freedom, and that's Brittany Griner, the great Brittany, one of the great minds of our time, one of the historic heroines like Joan of Arc. She is now being released from a Russian prison because she had weed on her or whatever some hashish in uh, in Russia. We traded the Merchant of Death for Brittany, not the Marine. We traded for a WNBA player, a who uh, somebody who plays in a league that nobody watches, nobody cares about, but she is a strong black female lesbian, possibly a biological man. And in our culture and Western civilization, we have to celebrate that great excellence. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is. a person like that must be prioritized at all times. It's such a special flavor assemblage of flavors i mean i don't know how long it, it seems like a long time she's been over there i think that she you know needs a better attorney over there in russia or whatever i know that they don't necessarily play by the rules she's some kind of international prisoner or something but jesus christ time served 
uh, it, weed over here being so uh, nothing now, it, I guess people get the idea that it's that way all over the world, but it's just uh, not that way. Yeah, we don't have uh, we, we have social norms that we threw out the window the last especially last decade. And you walk around New York City and you just see heroin needles on the street. You see people taking a shit uh, wherever it is in a big city. And uh, we're just supposed to go. Yeah, that's normal. So we apply that behavior that we have in our Sodom and Gomorrah society and think the rest of the world must be like that, too. Like, I think Putin's got to be fine with weed. And it, no, they're not. They're not. They're not fond of the weed and they're not fond of the gays over there, it seems like. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> and so they're probably not fond of her altogether. You know, she fits a couple of those categories, but it's like a drinker who thinks that everybody is just as fucked up as them. When you know, and a lot of people tend to think that way. I guess that's how this country this country is that drunk now. And you know, Putin gave a speech a while back. I wish I had a transcript of it or or like a, a video of it or something. I don't even know where it came from. But he was saying, yeah, here's what's going on in the world. Uh, all the Western values, all the Western countries are losing their values. Western civilization is completely becoming morally deplete. And uh, we hold on to our values. And it's important to do that. It's like it was pretty fucking inspiring. I was like this guy for president. I mean, I know he's supposed to be the worst guy in the world and everything. But of course, he's not. You know? I mean, he's actually a guy who sticks to his nationalist vibe. But I, can I just express one thing about Brittany is that thank God she's back. And I we can get back to that, you know, get her involved in the WNBA, in WNBA action, get it back to the level that it was before, you know. I agree. She was she was really missing. And I mean, the ratings really took a hit the last, um, you know, 25 years. of the <laughs> <laughs> What I see, I said the joke today is they said it's the only trade anybody gave a shit about the WNBA. <laughs> yeah, that's what it takes. Yeah, you got to kidnap one of their players or, or whatever. Now, I, 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 what I understand is that, like, you were saying a Marine there who was being held, they traded the Merchant of Death for this chick instead of for the Marine, who is a little bit more legit, I would think. Yeah, and they said that the Marine, that they weren't going to give up the Marine, which is uh, Waylon, I believe, or Whelan. And they said that uh, they weren't going to do that trade uh, straight up. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if you're not going to get the Marine, we're going to have to trade the Merchant of Death for a loser pothead basketball player from a sport nobody watches. And But we operate in these culture wars now where we – we worship celebrity. We worship especially black celebrity and female celebrity and lesbian LGBTQ. So it, this is where we live in like two different Americas. Some of us with senility, we look around and go, yeah, this is a bad trade. And I actually just about a half hour ago, I turned on ESPN. They had sports center and it was three women on the panel. And they're just like, thank you, president Biden. This is a great trade. This is one. Why, why is it great? What, what is so great about it? What, but we live in two different Americas in these culture wars where half the country is going to think, yeah, this is fucking stupid. And the other half is like, this should be celebrated. This is the greatest. I mean, this is better than, (laughs) this is, this is better than bringing our troops home from Vietnam. This is just a wonderful day in American history. I mean, this, this is surpassed Bo Bergdahl at this point. <laughs> yeah, two Americas. And wait, you say there was like these women were on ESPN saying this. Yes. Yeah, these are probably the same the same dizzy bitches who you know thought that the Russell Wilson trade was such a good idea as well. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is a bad trade, and uh, it's it's not going to uh, it's not it doesn't set a very good tone. I mean, anytime anybody wants to 
take uh, an athlete, you know, and 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 trade them for some sort of like a important, I don't know, terrorist or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to become this horse trading thing, and uh, that that seems like a like a pretty and and like it's not like she's official, you know, and it's not like she wasn't breaking the law. I mean, like I get it that like oh yeah, a little weed and and like they really shouldn't just hold her and hold her and hold her. And you know what? I mean, if our if our president was had a little more strength and prestige and power. It might be a different story. It's but it's I always look at these people who go hiking in Iraq, you know, and then they get some they get taken prisoner. And you, what the fuck? Why are you over there hiking in Iraq? Have you hiked everything that there is to hike? Yeah. American citizens should be able to go anywhere and, and whatever. But should they really? And and are you on, over there on behalf of the United States? Are you over there on behalf of just like, oh, man, it's cool. It's I mean, like, who's going to mind if we're in Afghanistan? Uh, who's going to who's going to mind if, if we're in fucking, uh, you know, wherever the fuck that, that they feel like they have to go? Hikers are kind of notorious for that. But the basketball player thing, it's uh, how, how hard is it? It's just you know what? Don't bring your weed uh, for some shit like this. Yeah, I, well, because she lives in the bubble where she'll kneel for the national anthem, uh, where she should be kissing the ground she walks on when she steps off the tarmac uh, and stand for the national anthem, put her hand over her heart for the Pledge of Allegiance. We know that's not going to happen, but <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's it's this Western. You want to talk about privilege? We have a Western privilege where we think the rest of the world feels that way. And you look at where China and Russia are especially where our military is concerned about pronouns and about uh, woke, uh, wokeifying the military. Mark Milley says that we need to understand white rage. And then you look at Russia and China's military and it's like, yeah, no, that's uh, that's the good. That's the good old days. That's the MAGA <laughs> of a strong military. Yeah, those are those are the good old days. I, I thought the military was something we could really count on no matter what, that they would always have that be a good, strong conservative base. And they've really dug into that, you know, just by setting policy. I and, mean, you know, I guess we've, I forgot that it is a military organization. So shit rolls downhill. All you got to do is say it to whoever's at the very top, you know, and there are those uh, there are those turds come rolling down the mountain, you know, and then the whole thing is is fucked it's just a it's just the way of uh it's the way of the military i guess it would be funny if britney griner showed back up she when she gets back to the u.s she's a total you know maga head oh that'd be great <laughs> well it would be it'd be like what happened with uh alien gonzalez is the alien gonzalez it's this whole fight and then he goes back to cuba and he's like yeah no i'm uh i'm Che guevara now <laughs> like he became a radical communist and you're like well that didn't work out uh, kind of dropped the ball on that one yeah, fuck them, you know, <laughs> be a communist down there. It's fine. Speak, speaking of communists, uh, you've been uh, you've been living in New York, uh, you know, off and on, of course, for the last, uh, what, about two decades now. You've been there since the 90s, right? Well, no, I have not. I, I was there for 16 years uh, from 2006 to 2002, and I've been in Tennessee for a couple of months. OK, but like you, you've seen the downfall of New York City from it being the Giuliani Bloomberg years, where when I first went there in the early to mid 2000s, right after 9-11, it looked like Disney World. It, the streets, by comparison to what we see now, were fairly clean. Yeah, you had some Elmos and some cookie monsters that were molesting girls and everything and doing whatever. But it just it, oh, yeah. what you see in what you see in the uh, in the movies where it was like, wow, I, you couldn't wait to go to Times Square. Then the just the downfall because of de Blasio 
uh, over time. I mean, he wrecked that city in less than a decade. And, you know, the last couple of times that I'm going there, I'm stepping over homeless, homeless people, homeless shit. I don't know what shit it is. I just know it's a, it's probably heroin induced because it's like a brick on the street. It just, it was so bad. I couldn't believe it. And then you talk tech on COVID and you just go, what is the point of living here anymore? What everything that made this city great, you've now kept everybody at home. You shut the theaters down, you shut everything, you forcing masks and vaccines everywhere. And then, oh, by the way, the only people who are allowed to be out, uh, you can protest in the street for George Floyd. And you could also shoot heroin and drink and smoke pot or crack on the street, but you can't go to your business. And I'm just thinking to myself the last couple of years, who still lives here? <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people did leave and, and they're trying to get the, the rest of the people to leave. They have some kind of new billionaire tax that they're cooking up. I just wrote an article for American Mind and tweeted it today. It's my, my Twitter's uh, just my name, Pat Dixon, but uh, it's all about the stuff that you're talking about. You know, Blasio got elected. He's been he was in for his full eight years. And by the time it was over, he, he was starting to feel like like the leftiest leftist who never left. You know, I could not imagine a New York City that wasn't just being run by this fucking, you know, avowed communist Bloomberg. And, uh, the classic was that New Year's where they told people do not come to downtown. I mean, this is 2020 into 21. Do yeah. not go anywhere. Do not do any of that. Yet you see him and his his radical black wife mm. kissing as the world burns around him. Yeah, it was the, it was the greatest example of I mean, there were so many times where you had Cuomo telling people if you if you want a job, be an essential worker, that your job is not essential unless you work for the government or, or Home Depot or whatever. And then you had de Blasio eating French fries saying, hey, you get a free thing of fries if you get vaccinated. And also around that time, he's there at Times Square kissing his wife while all of us are supposed to be across the country hunkered down at home because of this deadly pandemic out there. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? This is dystopian. I really wish that I could say that I thought that was a PR blunder that like, oh, they weren't aware of the optics of this. But that's the reason they did it. It was a fuck you. It was just just like Biden like, with, his, with, with Joe Biden had his uh, fist clenched in Philadelphia with the red behind him. It's like you definitely know the optics. This isn't an accident. No, of course. Yeah. You see what's going on here. It, yeah. <laughs> you look like Hitler. And uh, <laughs> that was that was amazing. Yeah. And and really, to me, once they take away all the rights and freedoms of a whole fucking you know, all the liberty, all that you can't do anything without our permission. You can't buy pants. You can't uh, get a haircut. You can't do anything until we tell you that you can. And then then they start parsing out, you know, the freedoms like that. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. You're in an orange zone. You're in a yellow zone. You're in a red zone. All that bullshit. It's like New York City cannot come back. There's always going to be people who rally behind the idea that New York City's back. It's not. And it never can be again because they've taken it away. They, it's it's over once once they do that. You know, Caroline's is closing uh, after 40 years and and Dangerfield's closed. So, yeah, a lot of the comedy clubs kind of like started either requiring vaccines or you know, of their comedians even, or they started to, uh, or they closed, you know, or they just it, it completely, it, it, 
the whole comedy scene changed forever. It was it was like cooking along pretty good. So de Blasio did fuck up the city by and it's not just like mayoral, like what you would think of as as you know, they always say that you should attribute things not to malice, but to incompetence whenever you can or whatever that fucking dumb law is. And it's, you know, if you do that, you miss a, an awful lot of malice. That's all it is. He believes in a New York where everybody is equal and his way of making everybody equal is to not elevate people who are in fucked up positions and, you know, in any way that's significant. You know, it's like, sure. You know, you, you maybe you don't get prosecuted the same uh, for a crime or maybe you don't. And that's encoded now with the new D.A. I mean, like black people will suffer less at the hands of the criminal justice system. And, you know, you better believe that anybody that they can prosecute to the fullest extent, they're probably going to because, you know, they have to have some convictions. Point being, he did it on purpose and his way of equalizing stuff has been to make it worse for the people who were kind of in the middle of it, you know, they, he punishes people. Like if, if you walk out of your apartment in New York city and you're not afraid, right. And you think you have a right to that, to not be afraid walking around in your neighborhood, that's considered white privilege. That's, that's something that like, Hey, not everybody gets that, but you think you should. Well, yeah, I think everybody should. Well, you know, this is the easier way. We're going to make it kind of fucked up everywhere. Uh, and other examples with the rats. The first thing de Blasio did after COVID started, one of the first things was to cut sanitation. So the garbage will be sitting on the street for longer and there'll be more of it. And, and like 400 sanitation workers were gone at that point. They're not emptying the cans on the corners anymore. You got trash everywhere. Then they set up these outdoor dining sheds, which are just you know, there's Roman orgies of rats right <laughs> under their feet, eating, <laughs> shitting, fucking. And, you know, they he made them permanent now, so they're not going to go anywhere. I, I can't even imagine the shock people would have when they if they were to pick those things up with the thousands of rats that would come streaming out from under there. It just spread out the food and put more food on the out there on the streets for the rats to eat. That's the chief determining factor of a rat population. If you have ready, available food sources, that population will grow substantially. And now we're seeing the benefits of it. We moved up to the second rattiest city in the country right after Chicago, but we're rattier than L.A. now. Nobody knows there's no census for the rats, <laughs> but they do have covid. That's true. They found the rats have covid. 16% of them have antibodies showing that they had it and got over it. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are still required to get vaccinated. Are they uh, wearing even, masks at least, though? That's well, what I want to know. They're not social distancing. They're not wearing masks. And of course, they're not getting vaccines. They're not doing it. They're not locking down. They're thriving. Uh, my take on it is that New York City belongs to the rats now. They're the real New Yorkers. The rest of them just gave it up. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, because you, you think about the correlation with COVID and crime and 2020 was a really seminal moment in our country, I believe, is you, you know, I was in I was in L.A. the day the world shut down, March 11th. 
2020. And I'm walking around Los Angeles and I went because I knew if, if you know anything about authoritarianism, if you know anything about uh, tyrannical governments and the overreach, I knew damn well that we were going to get locked down the next day. And we, who knows how long. So I said, I'm going to a hockey game. I went to go see the Senators versus Kings. I went to see Soul Asylum at a, a concert hall down the street. And then I drove to the comedy store. And I'm like, if I'm going to, if this is it, I'm going to go out with a bang right now. And then that was it for a while. That was my last bit of entertainment. So we're shuttered in our, in our homes. Essentially, they, they if it were up to Fauci and all of them, they would have welded people in their homes like they're doing in Wuhan and Shanghai. So we're to stay home, we're to watch Tiger King, we're to door dash our food and everything. Then George Floyd dies when he overdosed in Minneapolis at the end of May of 2020. And you had our health directors and our governors and all the people for the last two and a half months that said, you cannot leave your home. There should be an ass crack indentation in your couch. There is no way. I mean, this is a deadly pandemic. We don't know about it. We don't have a vaccine. If you have to leave your house and walk your dog, wear your mask, dot, dot, dot. Now George Floyd is dead. We can't tell people that they can't go out and protest this. So that's where I think a lot. Now, I was awakened way before this. I knew that this was going on, but it woke a lot of people up, especially the Glenn Greenwalls and the Jimmy Doors, where people where they were sensible liberals at one time going, wait a second, you told us to stay home. Now you're cheering people to go out in the streets and arson and and rob and loot and everything. And what happened in our society in the big cities was we shrugged our shoulders, said, well, you know what? That's what that cop gets for killing George Floyd. And we just looked the other way. And then police departments were told to stand down and uh, and, and let this let these cities burn. And so I got in a bunch of shit locally before I, you know, I eventually did get let go in radio this year of people calling me a racist because they said there's no reason to live in a city anymore. What's the point of living in a big city? You said that you wanted to go there because you have Broadway, you have theaters, you have uh, comedy clubs. You well, all of them got shut down and there's no guaranteeing that those restaurants and everything are coming back. So why don't you come out to the suburbs, buy a gun, get some land, have a nice community. And they're like, well, that's racist. No, I don't care if black people want to come out to the suburbs and everything and own a gun and have a family and do it. was just silly. And I'm like, there's no reason to live in a, in a big city. I, I can see why you want to live near a city, but why do you want to live in the city? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's. When they call you racist, what they mean is like, oh, if you think that, then you probably then you're probably racist. Yes. <laughs> uh, you meaning, must also think this. Yeah. You, you are know, conservative <laughs> and all conservatives are racist. That's a fact. If you believe in law and order, that's a dog whistle for white supremacy. If you don't it, think transing the kids, mutilating their bodies when they're six years old or taking them to drag shows, if you don't, if you think that's wrong, then you're a transphobe and you're a this and that, which you're also a Nazi. means you're this and that. Yeah, you're, a, you're, yeah, you're a eugenicist if you don't want to cut your son's dick off. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> it's completely absurd and they don't listen to what they say anymore because they don't have to. They don't have to listen to what anybody says and they don't have to listen of what any they don't have to listen to the news nothing that happens matters that's the beauty of being an ultra liberal or progressive or somebody who's just on the fence but leaning that way you don't have to listen all you have to know is trump is bad everybody's racist unless they're you and 
it feels good to them. You know, they they identify with that. It's an important part of their personality. I'm not racist. I'm a card carrying non-racist. I have a get out of racism free card. And that's like <laughs> the worst thing that you can be as a racist, even though, you know, <laughs> like there's a lot of racism that goes on in the other direction. And, and, and really a lot of like white on black racism does exist in that uh, liberal sphere because they never have to self-reflect at all. They never have to analyze their actions. They never have to even consider the possibility that maybe some of their attitudes, like, well, black people can't get an ID to vote. They, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, they are not capable of doing that. The, I mean, that's asking too much that you're excluding them from the polls. And like they think that they have to always be the, you know, the white knight coming into white knight for the black people. And they don't really need you advocating for them all the time. It's just like the fact that you're there. Great. But no, they I, I think that the black people have a much better bullshit detector than they realize. And look at January 6th, right? Well, how much damage was done exactly? I don't know. Uh, somebody shat on a rug someplace or something. A couple of windows broken. Nobody was killed and nobody I don't even think was seriously injured. And uh, they have these people locked up like federal style. They're not going anywhere for a while. It would seem if they're even still there and alive. It's like, I can't believe it's not in the news every day. Meanwhile, the 2020 riots and it's why it's such a seminal year because it prepared us for everything going forward. You don't have any rights anymore unless we say you do. All the stuff that you always could do, forget it. That's not a part of your life anymore. We'll tell you what you can do when. And that is a deep, deep, deep scar, you know, that it can never heal. It's always going to be visible. It's always going to be visible on the people who, particularly like you and me, who thought of America as a place where that kind of shit can't happen. It's yeah, exactly. And we talk about the powers that be about whatever it is, you know, it could be Democrat, Republican. We have a massive media problem and mass media. It's not necessarily the Washington Post or New York Times. It's the Alyssa Milano's. It's the other blue check marks who uh, the funded DNC talking points that are uh, sent down to Brooklyn dad and all these other insane progressives on Twitter where they, they have to say Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation. And then they have to say, Oh, Matt Taibbi, it's a shame that he's doing PR for the world's richest man with the Twitter files. And you just go, boy, the, you people are just NPCs. You're just waiting for your talking points and whatever is available right now. And yeah. it's the same thing where it's just surface level conversation. So when they say that trans lives matter and I'm like, OK, yeah, I don't think anybody should be assaulted for being gay, trans, black, white, anything. Let's have the conversation as to who is assaulting trans people. No, you don't want to have that conversation because it's going to go against the narrative. Who is assaulting the Hasidic Jews and the Orthodox Jews? Who is who's assaulting the gays? Who's assaulting the Asians in San Francisco and, and New York City? We don't want to have that conversation because it's you're we're going to come to a conclusion that you're not going to like. So therefore, we just have to have this blanket stop hate campaign that, oh, we have to have stop Asian hate because Trump said China virus or or, or Kung flu. And you say, yeah, what are the actual statistics that we want to bring up? And we don't want to have these uncomfortable conversations. And that's why it was so fascinating when Ye or Kanye, which is 
weirdly enough, being on you're on censored and he was on uh, <laughs> Gavin's show on censored.tv this week yeah. is right that on. it him and Kyrie Irving were bringing up uncomfortable. I don't want to say truths, but uncomfortable opinions that liberal America and all these the Karens, the housewives, they don't really think too much about because they only, like I said, get surface level stuff from the media and just they're midwits. They have like 90 IQs, maybe even not not even that, and just go from there. So we don't want to have these conversations about crime or what's happening in the cities because we're almost instructed not to dig into it. I mean, we've been told the last couple of years, don't do your own research. Listen you know, to us. Yeah. Listen to the experts. Doing your own research is is, all, is also a sign that you are being indoctrinated by the far right. That's it's, right. It, that that's well known. It it's it's tragic. It's it's a it's a it's such a weird message to send. You never would have thought that you'd see it, but it's the only thing that makes sense for them. It's you know they've done it since, as far as I know, the wiki uh, the WikiLeaks. They well, if you read these. You're breaking the law because you're looking at stolen material. So if you find out about this, you're finding out about it through us, which is which obviously absurd. You know, people were going to we're going to read it if they were going to. They really were trying to, you know, box in the information just like they did with the, with the laptop, which was a huge story, obviously swung the election. It was one of the chief parts of what they called uh, fortifying the election, you know, but it was out and out theft, out and out uh, election fraud. So, yeah, it's very true that that, you know, what you're what you're describing is is, again, that we, we live in a place now where they cannot be exposed to information that they cannot deal with or handle. And I that's I think they really hate it when somebody gets like like yay you know who has a, a platform or 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 a, you know whatever you want to call it a, a a bullhorn loud enough that everybody will hear it. it it's their worst nightmare you know especially a black guy you know uh it, it's it's not good for them and it, it's it's refreshing no matter what's being said but you know you have to wonder how many homeless black insane uh supporters trump had you know because a lot of them were doing the attacking on the asian people yeah it's it's the sort of asian uh black on asian violence that's gone on for decades but now suddenly it's you know a hate crime situation and they they always blame it, the thing is if they don't specify who it is that's hating. We all know who it is. It's you and me, right? If if they don't say, yeah, here's who's actually responsible, people know, you know, who's not behind all this, like, stop the hate stuff, which, by the way, hate. Uh, wow. Another word that's lost all meaning. I'd love to, to compile something about the language, about how much we've lost with treating words like uh, attack, you know, as like a real thing, like he, oh, he attacks me. Your words are violence. Violence is another word with like just a huge, broad fucking spectrum of meanings now. And and hate's one of those, too. It's, well, that's you... the changing of the language. I talk about that on my podcast a lot is the that's the part of Marxism that it, it, you have to change. This. I mean, this is straight out of Marxism, Leninism. 
is to change the language. So when you change the language, you start changing the culture. And when you start saying something is one thing and then everybody starts to repeat it and it gets filtered down in the culture. And then eventually, as Andrew Breitbart said, the culture is upstream from politics or yeah, what vice versa. Um, that's where it starts. So when you start giving blanket terms and all this stuff starts getting normalized and we're to just go, okay, well, I mean, like when we used to say, for example, trans, when we were talking about, you would hear the word tranny that was being used where it wasn't considered a slur, so to speak. It was more so we're talking about somebody who dresses as a woman. Now, are you dressed as a woman because you like to play dress up or are you dressed as a woman because you've now gone through the surgery? It's now called post-op. Uh, so you are you a transvestite vest as in what I'm wearing or transsexual? Then we decided in the last decade to just completely blow that out. And now we have to now tiptoe around verbiage because we don't want to get canceled. We don't want to get fired from our jobs. And that's what they do is they hold that against everybody else. So you can't speak out about this because otherwise it's like, oh, so you work at this law firm or you work at uh, such and such uh, place. It's like, Sure would be a shame if we emailed your bosses and said that you have a transphobe that works there. And so people are like, I'm just not going to say anything anymore. It's it's not worth saying any of this in public. Otherwise, somebody's going to come after my job and I'm going to lose everything. Can you believe how much it, it has like come to that, that where people are held responsible for shit they say 24 seven. And it's only because this very vocal minority of people that will come along and go start trouble all the time you know with like as if you don't as if it means you know i really have been startled at the spinelessness of all these companies who give in to this kind of thing it's it's really a shame you know because you should there's nothing illegal about even being a racist anyway there's nothing that there's nowhere does it says i can't hate people i'm allowed to hate people Hate's not against the law. Stopping hate is another classic liberal goal that can never be met. It's like, oh, the war on poverty, the war on hate. I mean, I don't know if war is the best way to combat hate, by the way. <laughs> but, the, you know, hate is an undefeatable thing. Hate has been around since the beginning of time. It's like since the first man drew a fucking breath, he hated something. You know, I guarantee you that Adam woke up on the wrong side of the bed day one, uh, you know, because of, uh, you know, he's sleeping on the rocks or, or whatever happened. You know, I mean, look, it's just preposterous. The shift of the language is they, they sort of tried it with the political correctness thing, late 80s, early 90s. And then that kind of got beaten back. But man, when it came back, it was it was truly insidious. And I, I think the moment that that broke America's back, like subconsciously was when it right after 9-11 and George Bush, right? George Bush was an elected Republican who people had some sort of idea that, you know, maybe he was going to be, I don't know, advocating for certain Americans, you know, the American people in general and stuff like that. And he came out and told everybody not to go beat up Arabs. Don't go beat up Muslims. Don't like a Muslim woman shouldn't have to worry if she has to go down by, by some uh, hummus or whatever. Uh, look, we weren't gonna, you know, the American people were not going to just beat the shit out of Muslims 
everywhere, but he underestimated everybody so much. And then we got the word Islamophobe. And then we started kind of like sucking Muslim dicks uh, right after 9-11. And it was pretty demoralizing to have to say, I'm no Islamophobe, but 9-11 was fucked up. Yeah, my, the classic. I remember the classic line is like, not all terrorists are Muslim or not all Muslims are terrorists, but all the terrorists were like, I remember that line being used. And it's funny you say that during the Bush years, because it, in the 90s, there was definitely a definite pushback against neoconservatism and you know, the war hawkishness. You saw Pat Buchanan, the, the rise of Buchanan, you saw the rise of uh, um, uh, Ross Perot and others who were. Uh, I mean, essentially, Ross Perot helped get Bill Clinton elected because people were really there was the, the Reagan hangover and George H.W. Bush. I mean, he was the head of the CIA and people didn't like the fact that after he said no new taxes and people were getting taxed again. Um, but then 9-11 happened and then here comes neoconservative the, uh, conservatism that comes back. And then after that, I was remembered listening to Howard Stern and listening to a lot of uh, radio guys would talk about screw the FCC. They they're this Bible thumping this and that. They're telling us what we can and cannot say. Howard Stern had a whole CD. It was like something like crucified by the FCC, and culminating with Janet Jackson's tit flopping out at the Super Bowl. And you saw a lot of conservatives like my child was watching. I can't believe how oh my god. But then the shift happened a couple of years later, and I was talk. I was think back to this because this was right when I was starting in radio was Don Imus, is that Don Imus says nappy-headed hoes in a joke. It wasn't a funny joke, but as Patrice O'Neill says, unfunny jokes come out of the same place as funny jokes. It's just, it's how the, the execution of it. And that's when the liberals twisted themselves up and realized there was a lot of currency in getting people what we now call canceled. And that's where the political correctness that you said started in the 80s and was trying to seep its way in the 90s through second, third wave feminism was coming back. And it came back with a vengeance where that now you've emboldened the the gay and lesbian groups and you've emboldened uh, fringe black uh, minority and, and uh, activist groups and everything yeah, like that. Nappy headed hoe groups. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I really think that in the last 15 years since then, you notice that Oh, you said this. Well, we're going after your sponsors and getting you canceled. Oh, you're you're you uh, had this person on your show. Well, how dare you? We are going to. And it's just continuing to happen. And there's almost no recourse. There's nobody's doing anything about it because everyone's afraid. Well, Gavin McInnes is doing something about it. And and that's why I appreciate being on censored.tv, because when you're there, you really can say what you want. And, you know, obviously you're making a difference. You're still saying the things that you want to say and Until unfortunately Patreon shuts me down <laughs> yeah you're not allowed to you know draw a pension or some shit like that maybe or have health insurance but you know i mean like you're in business for yourself and that's it's 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 gotten to that and and it sucks that they're that they've sort of been chased out of like uh a lot of like what we think of as legit society or something mainstream but yeah i do like to think that that you know there is sort of a there's beginning to be some kind of an acknowledgement that like, well, we cannot really keep doing this. But when they stop accepting apologies, you know, I don't know when they ever necessarily did 
accept apologies there might have been a time but like don imus definitely did not have the benefit of that i think he expressed something about you know like oh well gee i didn't mean to offend anybody or whatever i never was a big imus fan but you know stern is a great example of a guy who your past doesn't come back to haunt you if you just lick the ultra progressive balls all the time you know which he does and that's pretty gross Sometimes I see people doing that and I go, oh, they must have something in their past. You know, they, they like uh, Trudeau, you know, obviously had some blackface in his past, you know, and you, you just have to let it go. But you don't let it go for other people. And the guy in Virginia, who was like, the, the I think the governor or the senator or something, he was the governor of Virginia. He's like, yeah, uh, he, you know, distinctly in blackface. Uh, it's it's just something that and really blackface was never intended to be a big insult anyway. It's different from just like uh, putting on black makeup. It's a uh, it, it was a whole thing. It's not everything where, where people do that is blackface. And I know I'm rambling, but what I'm trying to get to is the stakes did get upped. Trayvon was a turning point. I mean, yes. we can agree on that because that's where Black Lives Matter came from. As soon as Robert Zimmerman. I think it was his name. As soon as Zimmerman, George, did, Ro- Robert is Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan. As soon as Bob Dylan didn't have to answer for the death of Trayvon Martin. Yeah, he just bored him to death with his music. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, as soon as uh, George Zimmerman didn't have to, you know, he was found not guilty, and rightfully, then that's when Black Lives Matter considers they consider that to be their born on date, and it. You know, they're just looking for the next Trayvon at all times, you know, and they had Eric Garner. They had, uh, you know, Michael, uh, what's Michael his name? Brown, Michael Brown, the the hands up, don't shoot business, which they keep the phrase, even though they know it's a lie. A the whole, gentle giant, that whole shit, all of that fucking everything that happened legally is known to have been not necessary. I mean, there was no need to riot. No laws were broken. Hands up, don't shoot was a lie. The whole thing was a fucking fraud. And it was just that first round. I mean, do you remember how bad it looked in Ferguson? Mm-hmm. I mean, like at the time it was like, wow, this is horrible that this is happening. That was just like uh, that was a shark compared with the pants full of diarrhea that we got in, in 2020, <laughs> you know, which is just like, yeah, it's authorized, unauthorized, rioting, looting, uh, you know, parading, marching. You can go out and do that. But if you're not protesting for race, COVID still applies. That's an, I mean, it really broke the back of the country. I mean, COVID was key. And, you know, from event. Uh, what's the name of the event? Event. Event. Uh, Horizon. No, the, the thing it was in. Uh, it was it was in October just before. COVID came out, uh, event two something, I forget. I was just looking it up. And, oh, and, is it Agenda and, 2030 or something or Agenda 230? No, it was it, it was called event. Uh, anyway, what it was was a tabletop exercise all about COVID. Oh, but it was about it was about a coronavirus that becomes a pandemic. And they did a tabletop, uh, you know, sort of they played out everything that could happen. How would they be able to keep the media and social media from blasting out missing disinformation? I mean, all of it was discussed and it's stunning to think about it. But I mean, it was planned in order to go, Okay, we're going to try and look at everything that could happen during a coronavirus worldwide pandemic and sort of make some decisions ahead of time with you guys. And it was sponsored, you know, by uh, 
Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Pfizer, uh, yeah, the World Health Organization, and uh, Johns Hopkins actually were the were the main three, and they were there, you know, running different parts of it. I mean, Bill Bill Gates obviously wasn't there, but like they were there. They they you can watch it on YouTube. It's not even a secret, and and. At no point did they ever refer to this and go, well, we just had an event. We just had like a little exercise. Coincidentally, 30 days to the day before the first case was discovered in Wuhan in November. Okay, 30 days to the day. And that shit doesn't make any sense, really. You know, like, yeah, we had this uh, this full exercise and um, it just so happens this thing we were talking about happened. 30 days to the day afterwards. Okay. I, it's a preparedness thing, whatever, you know, maybe they've done it before. You kind of think that, but then also uh, the, the first person to have it in the United States had been traveling for months in China or on Wuhan. And he came back to Washington and he was, you know, he didn't feel good. He came back January 15th. Well, the cases in mid and in, in late December, around mid-December, late December, were like uh, 25, 60, right? Wuhan's got like fucking 10 million people in it. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that this one guy, even if there was 2,000 people there with COVID by then, which is like way more than, you know, there were 295 the day this story came out about the guy in Washington. So 295, 300 cases of COVID. In all of China, I believe, but in definitely it's Wuhan, which has 10 million people. How does this guy cross paths? And it had to be right before he left because he didn't feel sick until he got back. So what are the odds that in the last few days he's in Wuhan, he happens to come into contact with one of 295 people in a city of 10 million? I mean, that's threading the needle pretty fucking tightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the country was infected on purpose. That's my conclusion, you know, and it was, it's been my conclusion, but I think that's some pretty strong math to kind of support it. And uh, it, it, when you think of this whole thing being inflicted on us intentionally, which it was, it really does. Man, it's like, wow, you guys really know how to plan. You know, I'll give you that. I mean, when you want to get rid of a president, you really want to fucking get rid of a president. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because you mentioned all of these things that are it's it's fascinating because when you talk about doing your own research, this is all part of that. We're not to everything that you said is what the powers that be don't want you to say. They don't want you to look in and say, wait a second here, the timeline and you start putting this together. No, it's the old Bill Hicks joke. It's like, be stupid, America. Keep drinking beer. Keep, uh, you know, just just be lazy. You end up in a as a third world uh, consumer plantation. And that's essentially what a lot of people did. Well, I got nothing else going on. I guess I'm just going to order on Amazon. And it's funny because we're recording this in December of 2022, which means that we probably know people that three years ago at this time got infected with COVID and just thought it was like the flu and just like, wow, that was a bad flu. They said that, oh, you know, they knew as early as October. It could have been even earlier than that. Um, But, you know, people were getting it in January of 2020. But there's people probably in December of 2019 that got it. And we just didn't really think two things about it. And it's funny because we're almost three years into doing all this. We've already seen lockdowns, 
forced masking, school shutdowns, school semi-hybrid reopenings. Um, you've seen the presidential election and the, the Hunter Biden laptop suppression. Then you have the COVID vaccines and the mandates. And then the everything kind of got turned upside down where if you get COVID or if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. Then everybody started getting COVID even if they've gotten vaccinated. Now, the only people really dying and getting COVID now are the super duper vaccinated. And then just about a month ago, there was the Atlantic had a whole article said that, look, guys, we said some mean things over time. We've done things. We've shunned people. It's time we have pandemic amnesty. And I'm thinking, fuck you. You're not getting fucking amnesty from me. You're not getting an you're, you're not apologizing to me and I'm not apologizing to you. You helped perpetuate what we're going through right now, normalizing a lot of this stuff. And if you thought the wokeness was going to go away because we care we had this uh this pandemic out there that we should all get together. No, it got even further. That's why Every city is having drag queen story time right now. So there is no pandemic amnesty. There is no amnesty of anything from people who were okay with locking me in my home, but okay with tens of thousands of people in the street and throwing bricks through windows for George fucking Floyd. It's just like we've completely gone off the deep end in society, but you can't do your own research because if you bring this up, well, what if... Uh, it's a shame your Patreon might uh, might get shut down if you say something that goes against the vaccine mandates or anything. It's just it's so weird because we're talking like about the crime stuff and the covid and everything. But all of it really is related. Oh, all yeah. of this is it's like we're not talking about four topics at once. All of it is under this umbrella right now. It's it's crazy whether it's, it's crime, it's LGBT, it's, you know, uh, the covid stuff. It's uh, the media. It's the government. It's big tech suppression. All of it is related right now. And it's like you said earlier, this isn't just sheer incompetence. This is a lot of it's by design. Well, think of the shit we don't know about. That's the terrifying thing. Every couple of years I go, wow, man, I remember when things just kind of sucked. Now, <laughs> I it, really, there's nothing much to look forward to. I mean, like it's it can only get worse. It seems. Yeah, I, I don't know. When has there been a time when it's like, wow, we have so much greater freedom now? Uh, I mean, other than from some technological advance or something, perhaps, you know, you have oh, I have all this time on my hands now, but they don't give back freedoms really because they can't. Once they're taken away, they can be taken away. And if they can be taken away, then they have been taken away. It's a uh, it's it's really a mind fuck, you know, live being alive right now and, and seeing it all converge like and it that's maybe why it's such a religion to the left because they have to look you either accept all this doctrine or you don't accept any of it and i think that's a, another good reason why they don't pay attention it's like they don't the more things they know the more things that are going to fuck them up you know i mean like all they have to do is kind of nod it's the easiest thing in the world being a fucking liberal it's like all you got to do it's so simple don't pay any attention to any of this stuff forget what it is you think you're going to learn and the research and all that kind of stuff you know you don't need to think about it you have your get out of racism uh free card forever okay so long as you also promote drag queen story hour and as long as you also agree, you know wear your mask around and, and you know it becomes this whole i this is where the social credit is is supposed to kick in i suppose it's it's a uh, more than discouraging it's it's just it's completely it, it makes me glad that we die someday. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and like you said about the, if you suck the dick of the DNC, I mean, here, I pulled it up for folks who are only listening on audio right now, Sarah Silverman tweet. So May 25th, 2010 says, I don't mean this in a hateful way, but the new bachelor bachelorette's a faggot. Sarah Silverman, before we recorded, I saw a commercial for Uber Eats about how, like, I'm going to have to sell pictures of my feet if I get canceled again, which means that she's not getting canceled because all she does on Twitter and her podcast all the time is just spew DNC talking points. So you can when be how canceled. When you, no, there's no there's no getting canceled again and uncanceled. <laughs> you're either canceled or you're not. Yeah. Howard Stern can be in blackface and it'll be fine. That's okay because he goes up there and says Trump is Hitler in January 6th and Mar-a-Lago. Sarah Silverman can say faggot on Twitter. Still, the tweet is still up 12 and a half years later. That tweet is still up. She hasn't deleted it. It's been retweeted and quote tweeted a bunch of times. Still has a job. That's just how it is. And you, you really have to just go all in. And I, I don't know what it's going to take at this point uh, other than, I mean, it, it's nice having censored. It's nice having a uh, gas digital. It's nice having all these other outlets to, for people who are curious to go check it out. Hey, if you, if you like Nick Fuentes, or if you think he's interesting, uh, if you like Jimmy Dore, if you like all these other uh, Joe Rogan, you can go, but you have to find them. It's weird because they're not, they're not putting anything thought provoking out there for you. That's why, uh, Stephen Colbert has dancing vaccines on the late show. That's why uh -huh. Jimmy Fallon has beer pong tournaments with celebrities. That's why uh, Seth Meyers just lectures you the whole time about how Trump is a bad person. And it's because mainstream entertainment is just it's force fed garbage. It's getting worse. And it's it's a shame because when you start to know people who you thought were much more intelligent and thought provoking that they just. They watch the Big Bang Theory. They said, well, you know, Dr. Fauci said this. And you go, man, I, I really had more hope in Americans and, and even friends and family that would have put two brain cells together and understood what is going on. But I guess I'm just on this island. Apparently. Well, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I, one thing that I realized that has nothing to do with intellect, uh, except on some ancillary level. Nobody's necessarily stupid. They're just gripped by belief you know belief is a hundred times stronger than evidence and and once you believe something you cannot be disabused of that so easily and the longer you believe it the less likely you are to be able to be disabused of it which is a great reason to start these kids so young you know you're in universal pre-k and and like they indoctrinate them from a very young age so that they have they associate it with themselves. When you ask a person who uh, is to the left to rethink a position, to consider information or evidence or whatever that they didn't have previously and, and, and actually use that to make a decision, right? You're asking them to question the nature of their very fucking existence. And they have very few people can do that. You know, I mean, no matter how bullshit it is, it's like it's who they are. And they've slowly over time like made these small rationalizations and these, you know, they, they've moved away from the things that they might have previously thought little by little until like 
that's why they get so mad at people who do speak their minds because like, fuck, how do you do that? How do you think you get away with that? I've been scaling back everything I say. I'm like, they're just like us. They're just scared. I mean, there's no way that they think, oh, this is great. Everybody's sick. But they did love fucking COVID, man, because they they loved the virus like they like like they love their mother's fucking milk. I mean, it was everything to them. They hated to let it go. It was the sense of power and the sense of collective. And this, it was everything that they ever wanted. Yeah, they right can there. yell at people at a grocery store for not wearing a mask because they were always on the receiving end of somebody getting yelled at. And now they can have the upper hand and start yelling at people. And you, you started seeing regular people being emboldened and, and being their own little dictators, their own little authoritarians. And yeah, yeah. From baristas to just like people that you happen to run into, you know, somebody tearing a ticket at a fucking event or, or whatever it is, you know, anybody who can keep you from doing anything, man, it's all on them. Like and they have all the power, not only of the government, the city government, the federal state, all the fucking people, Dr. Fauci, uh, science, you know, they've got science on their side and all of you know anti-white supremacy. Let's go ahead and throw that into. That's how right they are. That's how much power you threw behind you know a fucking you know somebody who decides whether or not you can order food at a fast food place you know yeah. without your fucking mask on and shit. It was it well, was because it's, just... it's it's the trust the experts thing. We put so much credence into what experts say. Now who made them experts? And I, I I've, I've talked about this a bunch of my podcasts. One of the biggest moments that I think in the last twenty years, as far as media goes, was that appearance of uh, John Stewart on Crossfire with Tucker Carlson and I think it was Paul Begala was on there. And John Stewart, where it was one of those where half half of them said John Stewart's just this elitist asshole, me being one of them, and others said he clowned Tucker Carlson, he proved it. And what he was yelling at them is, this show is stupid. There's no reason we should have someone who's a Republican and a Democrat argue over something. And people are, some people thought, no, this is really good because where we. Hannity and Combs. Oh, it's a liberal and a conservative. And they get together and they argue and they do a show together. But then they go to the restaurant afterwards. So nothing gets solved. No, what John Stewart was talking about was, no, no, no. We can't have two opinions on something and then come together and find a common ground. We need to have one collective opinion and everything else is thrown outside the Overton window. So mm. that's why in March of 2020, you didn't have somebody or I, I'll even grant this. Let's say mid-April, so past 15 days to flatten the curve, let's say a full month, we knew that COVID was disproportionately affecting fat and old people. And we knew this. And if you were healthy, if you were under 60 years old and you took care of yourself, you probably get the sniffles for a couple of days and you'll be fine. Instead of having somebody come out there like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone saying, guys, maybe we should just get off our asses, get some exercise, get some sun. It was, no, 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 we have our collective opinion by our so-called experts to say, no, 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 we know what's going on. And our job is to put this out there for you. So I'm Dr. Fauci and you are just uneducated masses who need to stay at home and do as I say. So there was no dissenting opinion. There was no, it was just one accepted opinion and everybody else was thrown outside that Overton window. And by design and too, don't, don't you think? Because like the politicians who were the ones actually pulling the trigger on making these decisions 
did not want all of the unpopularity that comes with, you know, yes, I'm not allowing you to leave your homes. I'm not allowing you to open your businesses. If you go to Walmart, you can buy a hammer, but you can't buy paint. All these fucking ridiculous things. They didn't want to have to suffer the political consequences. Unless of that. you live so, in a blue state where so, you're yeah. going to get elected like Gretchen Whitmer did. Well, yeah, but they don't even want to like they didn't even want accountability for it, I think, because they always said, well, we defer to the experts. You know, we're listening. We're following the science. We're following the science. And so, well, there you just have a bunch of anonymous, basically, you know, uh, medicine bureaucrats, medical bureaucrats who don't know shit about anything. But they're the ones that the, setting policy through them, implemented through people who don't have accountability because they're just following the science and you know, on down, you know, it's like uh, just following orders. Right. Or in this case, the science. Well, so getting to the other thing, I was I was sharing the screen really quick about this whole story about what's going on in the schools. So Project Veritas had this where it says uh, for folks they put out there, it says hell of a stretch to go from diversity, equity and inclusion to dildos, butt plugs and drag queens. Hashtag exposed groomers. And it was this whole story about this teacher saying, Oh, yeah, we bring out dildos and butt plugs and kids can uh. play with them and everything and explore their queerness and their sexuality. And this is going on. And I've I, I've asked this to a, a couple of comics, a couple of friends of mine. I said, what's the goal here? Where are we going with this? Because we go from kids need to be back in schools because of covid. And then we bring them back in schools. And then this is what they're learning. They're learning instead of Romeo and Juliet, they're learning Romeo and Romeo. They're in, instead of uh, what they should be learning, reading, writing and arithmetic, they're playing with dildos and butt plugs. And you say, what is the goal here? What is this grooming goal that's going on? Why is it being celebrated in mass media, of course, as everything was, as COVID was, as George Floyd was? Why is this being celebrated? Is this true? It, are they grooming kids to have sex with them? Or are they grooming them to make them little Marxist? Is it all of the above? Like, what is what is the goal right now? Are we trying to normalize pedophilia? This is a we are at a weird moment in society where we need to, we as whether you're a parent, whether you're a podcaster and comedian, whatever the case is, we need to make a decision on which team and which side actually makes more sense. Because I, I don't like the affiliation, but you also have to look and say half of this country, it seems like are fine with a six-year-old going through a double mastectomy. Someone who hasn't even gone through puberty <laughs> to chop their dick off or chop their tits off. And they think it's fine because it's Munchausen by proxy. It's you could take your kids to this to drag brunches and think it's OK and not think it's sexual. I, where, where are we going right now? It, well, it's almost not OK not to do that. Right. <laughs> if you have some sort of problem with it, then wait, what's wrong with you exactly? You know, it's it, I think it serves a lot of purposes to answer your question, because uh, gay people don't breed. So there you have like uh some sort of slowdown on certain populations. This appeals to a lot of um, white kids, I, I'm sure. You know, I mean, it may appeal to a lot of different ethnicities and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you want to slow down population growth. And if you can target that, all the better. So they want to they want to have fewer people, both for the environment and because it's easier to control. I think that people, when they you know, become engaged in this uh, lifestyle associated with their own lives. And like, this is, you know, I, I think it's it's probably not controversial to say that if you're conversant with butt plugs and dildos by the time you're 
you know, 10, 13, 15, what we, you know, whatever it is and, and all that kind of stuff, you're probably, uh, you know, that's part of your life that you, you know, that becomes part of you. And so it takes people away from religion, of course, mm-hmm. because, you know, people think that that kind of thing doesn't coexist. So it's, it's, it does that. It, I think generally speaking, if you have them just swallowing whatever they're getting, not no pun intended or whatever, but from their, you know, from their betters at public schools or wherever the fuck, you know, whoever it is that's teaching them, then, you know, if they can drink the Kool-Aid on being gay or getting their dick cut off or something, man, you definitely got them for life. When you turn somebody gay, you basically turn them into a Democrat forever. And if there can be some kind of a permanent, lasting physical proof of that, then all the better. You can't get that reversed, you know, not really. So, I mean, we could probably go through and think of eight or nine other good uses that it serves because, you know, it makes people lifetime Democrats. It makes them easier to govern. It makes it like there's fewer of them, you know, so I have this environmental thing that they're always saying, like population control is a big deal. And, you know, again, you have them just following orders. And you know what? It may also be the groom them so they can have sex with them. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> those in no small part. But you take away a, a whole uh, civilization's morality, their, their Western, the, the morality that it was founded in, and you completely divorce it from that. You know, I mean, like they are throwing wrenches in that anywhere they can. Well, and you think about the Browning of America, where they said, oh, the, Tucker Carlson is putting this out there saying that uh, this co- conspiracy, this dangerous racist conspiracy theory that of the Browning of America. And they're like, yeah, no, there's a montage of Anderson Cooper feeling giddy about it and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi talking about it. And like you said, I mean, it's a great point. The goal is that they hope that they can, you know, turn these these queer kids into being trans or whatever, because by their standards, by their studies, uh, I guess their research shows that they're probably going to end up being Democrat. And the way they looked at it with illegal immigration, that's why they're fine with them jumping over the border or crossing the Rio Grande, because they're going to come into the country. They're going to want uh, immediately go on welfare. Who and who's the who's the party that helps out the welfare state? It's the Democrats. So if the those crossing the border, uh, whether it's going on a raft going up to Florida or going through Texas or Arizona or California, if all of them came into this country and started voting Republican, how quickly would that wall be built? <laughs> huh. By the end yeah. of this podcast, this wall would be built from the Gulf to the Gulf. Uh, because of I that, pro- I mean, it, probably that's invade it is. Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it would, well, to turning people trans too. you know, I just thought of another thing. But if they can get people to go along with the trans thing, well, th- aren't they like five times more likely to kill themselves or something like that? So if you can live your young years out as a radical Democrat, a radical progressive, a radical Marxist, and then just like by the time you get old enough to maybe see how this shit works, you'll have offed yourself anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, they've created like a, a little pod life for this person, you know, to to live. Yeah, They ran out of victims once they made a gay marriage legal. They kind of ran out of victims. So, I mean, like, of course, uh, they black people on some level, they will always portray them as being victims. But, you know, sexually, you know, 
we they needed to do something. They had to come up with somebody who was being left out. I mean, we never talked about trans people before gay marriage was legalized. No, and drag, they made drag this lifestyle. Uh, drag, for they, they always say like, oh, well, they were doing it during Shakespeare's time. And I said, yeah, from Shakespeare and, and even Greek theater from before, you know, hell, you go to the Colosseum days. It, drag was used as comedic, as for comedic effect until five years ago. And until you saw that little gay nine-year-old, uh, Desmond is amazing, yeah. dancing and twerking to Gwen Stefani songs and having gay men shove dollar bills in his garter belt, you go, ah, so now we've created this lifestyle where if you don't like it, then, you know, you're a transphobe, you're a bigot, you're this and that, where it's like, we were fine with Harvey Corman. It, back in the 70s, dressed up as Julia Childs because it was for comedic effect. Yeah, the but kids in, in the way, hall, for that matter. Kids in the hall were the funniest like guys dressed up as women, you know, because they yeah. didn't overdo it. Well, and that's kind of what blackface was in a way back in the day is it wasn't it wasn't to make fun of and denigrate black people. It was these are interesting people. And I, you know, and then they start acting out. It's just like, OK, well, yeah, you have a white guy who puts blackface on. It's like, how's that different than a white, white gay guy dressing as a woman? You're being an over the top stereotypical woman uh, acting like a whore, uh, wearing tons of makeup and, and padding and everything. And you go, this is like a minstrel show for women right now. But <laughs> who are the people who are in the audience and taking their kids? There are these fucking women. Ugh. Yeah, the whole thing is really America sucks. <laughs> we're, we're trending in the direction, aren't we? Yeah, it's I guess we, it, we're we on the downside of the empire. And I think the reason is because all the people like Biden and Pelosi and, you know, everybody from a certain level up, they got the memo. They pulled any investment they have in the United States. And, you know, I mean, like, sure, uh, you have people like Gates buying up, you know, all the farmland and shit, you know, it's like uh feed us cattle or whatever but it's also to feed the fucking you know world they've taken all their money and put it in china they've invested in china china's the next thing that's happening so i i honestly i i think that's what it is is that they've gone oh okay so the empire is over we're you know it's time to look east yeah and while we're concerned about bailing out uh basketball players on in a sport nobody watches you know the They've, they're playing a long game right now. And truthfully, America was founded, you know, they say 17, well, unless you talk to Nicole Hannah Jones, it's 1619, but um, 1776, well, great empires, whether it's the Roman Empire, the Ottoman Empire, the shelf life is about 250 years. Well, we're at 246. So <laughs> we're, we're, we've got four more years left and then the true slippery slope. I mean, we, like you said about the gay marriage, we went from, what two consenting adults do in their bedroom is between them to uh, you better bake me this cake or and we're also normalize Nambla and everything or you're a bigot. And here's a here's a gay man man twerking in front of a three year old and you better like it. Uh, yeah. And, and if you and don't want being, your daughter taking a shit next to some dude, you know, too bad. And they're being arrogant about it. It's not even it's not even so much that we found out. It's yeah, we're doing it. We're going to continue doing it and we'll see you try it because, you know, whatever. I mean, like uh, up the street from me in Cleveland, there's a they're doing a drag queen story time. And it said it's perfect for the ages of three till eight. I'm like, perfect. Oh, really? really? Like two, two and a half, though. A little so it's pushing it. Yeah. I bet <laughs> even you can that's going to get to that point. I bet they're not carding the babies. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what? Yeah, they they have to show their ID unless they're black or they're not. They're incapable of getting ID, right? I guess. Yeah, exactly. They can. They couldn't bring their birth certificate. Birth certificate. <laughs> oh, I really, great. Trump should have just like when he had all that big group assembled outside the uh, Capitol back on the sixth of of uh, January. He really should have just gone. Let's go get them and all of the, you know what I mean. Go ahead. Should have just like tried to do some kind of a takeover. There were plenty of pissed off people all throughout the country. You know, I mean, like, unfortunately, he was too respectful of, you know, uh, our like, when you think about the end of an empire, it seems like it'd be worth it. Right. At least to go out with a bang. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it could bring me to the, the last thing I can mention is that we're like, where do we go? What's our solution right now? Because the solution that I, I've heard from libertarian circles and, you know, I, I don't vote for libertarians because I think they're just they're the the Washington generals to the Harlem Globetrotters. They're always either paid opposition or, you know, they're, they're just they have good ideas, but they can't do it in practice and find the right candidates. But a lot of it is building locally. And when I mentioned getting out of cities, it's going to those smaller communities and going to Tennessee, going to Ohio, going to Auburn, Alabama, or where any of these parts of the country in the interior and building up these communities and making them uh, either conservative or libertarian or just freedom-based. It doesn't even have to be uh, affiliated with a political party as long as we get to that point. And that turns into this almost national divorce type where half of this country is gonna say, I, I don't think it's appropriate for kids from three to eight to go to drag shows. And then the other half says, not only is it appropriate, it should be celebrated. And there's no common ground between these two people. There's no, there, you're not going to get the people who think it's inappropriate to go, okay, look, I, 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 okay, let's say 12 is a good age for it. Cause then they're going to say, no, that's too late. And you go, we are, are we're at a crossroads right now where there's no going back. And I always look to 9-11. If another 9-11, if a 9-11 style attack happened tomorrow, you're going to have half the country say, this is our fault. We're going to, uh, uh, tomorrow is going to be hug a Muslim day. And every, and half the country is going to be like, fuck these people. We need to go to war, whatever the case is. And there's no common ground anymore. I think those days of that sense of, hey, we're all together. We have the American flag bumper stickers are, I think that's gone. I think that was a nice, it was a nice idea that we had 21 years ago, but I, I just don't see us getting together and doing that anymore. Yeah. Well, they had to destroy that as quickly as possible by giving them their talking points on Islamophobia, you know, like mm -hmm. this is where this starts. So, I mean, they divided the country beginning with that little wedge, you know, and then like it's, oh, all anytime you talk about how much it sucks that there was 9-11, oh, all Muslims. So you know, they be begin to see like the through line beginning at that point, how unreasonable they can all be. Well, then they, they created the Patriot Act to spy on not the brown people in the turbans that they like to say it was to spy on you and me for what we were saying. Yeah. And and boy, uh, President uh, President Obama really did make liberal use of the search tools and the uh, uh, what the uh, uh, INS. Is that what it is? The yes. National yeah, uh, or NSA, rather. Whatever NSA, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, and, and then they whatever we could talk all night. But the solution, I think you nailed it when you were talking about local stuff is just be the change that you'd like to see. Be the change that you want to see happen. So like if we're getting away from Christian values, go to church, 
you know, become active in your community on that level. And, and if that's not really your style, then just, you know, form a bowling league, you know, get together with people who are like minded. You know, you're not limiting it to that per se, but be in a community where, you know, that you have a, a, a better shot of that occurring. And there's got to be less tolerance going forward less going okay i guess that's all right you know i guess you know we win the idea war always it's the war of getting people to come out and and vote and and stuff like that that's what they do better because they have this big machine and they cheat you know i mean like they frankly they cheat so like just making things as fair and as real and as good and american i'm talking observe holidays observe all of the holidays like was so like guard them jealously you know not just the america ones you know but the other ones that are traditions in america don't let them take anything away from you keep doing it you know keep doing all the shit the ever you know what and if you need to remember what america was like before go look at television commercials on youtube from like 1984 1982 it's uh it's a great reminder. It'll leave you feeling weird about all the all the all, all the good ways of thinking that that have been left behind. Yeah, and go go with tradition. Go with the culture. And by the way, culture is not just craft beer and beards and man buns in <laughs> Williamsburg. God. <laughs> well, Pat. Hey, th- thanks so much for doing this. This is this is great and. Uh, Again, censor.tv, you got New York City Crime Report. Uh, is it weekly on Sundays, right? Yeah, weekly. And and it's yeah, it's Sundays. Some days, you know what? I, I end up working on a lot more than I should, and it comes out on Mondays, but I am at least working on it. But yeah, you can count on it every week on Sunday. I've heard a lot of good oh, things from yeah. Gavin's t- talking about that, saying that uh, you're pulling in the numbers and people are really enjoying it. And, and I'm one of them. I'm I, I am a fan. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's More is better, great. you know, so promo code Pat and you get 10 percent off. Please, everybody do it. Do it for a little while. Check it out. See what you think. It's worth it. Uh, if there's one network that, that is worth that, you know, it's and, and, and really, you know what, Tony, you should consider coming over to locals because you know what? They don't give a shit. If, if you're not doing porn, you can do basically the same thing that you're doing over there on Patreon uh, or, you know, basically the same type of arrangement. Uh, at lo- I've got a locals page as well. It's uh, nyccrimereport.locals.com. Okay. Uh, maybe see what you think of the platform, you know, I mean, because you mentioned like getting run off a couple of times by Patreon and like, yeah. obviously you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not bothered enough by that to change what you're saying at least. So when yeah, that does I'm- happen. I'm on locals. I was having issues trying to upload stuff and I just kind of like stopped trying after a couple of times. So I have an account over there. In fact, I think even in my uh, podcast description, it still says I'm on locals. Join me at uh, my podcast, whatever. And uh, I just kind of stopped trying for a little bit. So I got to I got to restart that then. Yeah, it can be a little quirky sometimes that new uh, when you're newly signing on. It's it's there. There's, there's look, I mean, no, no platform's perfect. But like in terms of their uh, the way they view you know what it is you're doing that's uh, that's what that's worth its weight in gold to me thanks for having me tony i'm, I'm fucking this is this is a good conversation absolutely i really appreciate that